Boo Bega's 1999 hit, considered by many experts to be one of the worst songs ever made. Essentially, this song is a really awful, poppy, club-friendly, electrified piece of Latin jazz. This is my vote number three and four. Uh, Lou, you gotta do better. I'm sorry, I'm all out of mambos. Try out mambo number five. Mambo number five. Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, you know the drop, you know the beat, you know that a little bit of Monica is waiting for you just around the corner. But what you might not know is just how impactful her arrival will be. My name is Nate Perlmeter, and I welcome you to the first episode of What a Stupid Thing to Say, a show where we make outrageous claims about pop culture and then take up the thankless, unnecessary task of backing them up. Today's claim, Mambo Number no. 5, is the great American pop song. To recapitulate, which I understand to be a word the debate kids use, I'm referring to the song Mambo Number no. 5. Full title, Mambo Number no. 5, open parentheses, a little bit of, ellipse, close parentheses. The 1999 hit single by Lou Bega, known best for its chorus, which lists a bunch of women's names in rapid succession. It is the great American pop song, I assure you. Now, here on What a Stupid Thing to Say, we know our claims are ridiculous, so we like to represent the other side of the debate, however briefly. Resolved. Mambo Number no. 5 is the great American pop song. The case against. The case against consists of two points. One, Mambo Number no. 5 is not great. It's a sanitized, overproduced bit of commercial pop that has nothing of substance to say in its lyrics, nor much to speak of in the way of musical innovation. Two, Mambo Number no. 5 is not in any way, shape, or form American. Lou Bega is himself German, as are the vast majority of individuals involved in the creation and distribution of the record. That's the case against. The rest of this recording will consist of the case for. Now, here's the thing. Both of those statements are true. Mambo Number no. 5 is not great, and it is not American. But over the next little while, we'll come to understand that both of those things are in fact essential to its status as the great American pop song. We're going to have to do a deep dive on this masterpiece, its music and lyrics, and its meaning for us as a nation. But first, the story behind the song. Part 1. The Story Lubega was born David Lubega, L-U-B-E-G-A, in Munich, Germany in 1975. Did it surprise you to hear that he's German? Because it surprised me when I first heard it. Like, think about it. Go on Google Images right now, reappraise yourself with his image. With his chestnut complexion, Panama hat, white suit, and pencil-thin mustache, he looks exactly like your white dad's mental image of, like, a Hispanic guy. But Dave isn't Hispanic or Latino at all. He actually has a Ugandan father and a Sicilian mother, and has spent pretty much his entire adult life in Bavaria. David tried to make it music from his teen years, including a brief, obviously unfulfilled hip-hop stint. He was always unashamed to admit that his focus wasn't making music, it was making money from making music. His producer and manager, Gar Biesenkamp, who will come up a couple of times in this story, quoted the man who would be Bega as saying, If I have any chance to make money in music, I will do it. He would get that opportunity in 1998, when a certain CD single was found in a certain closet in a certain Munich recording studio. Depending on which version of events you believe, that's right, multiple trains of thought, there are controversies to the Lou Bega story, who would have thought? Either Biesenkamp found the CD, or Bega had it played for him by his songwriting collaborator and deliciously named personage Zippy Davids after a vacation to Miami. <laughs> the song in question? Mambo Number no. 5, a classic mambo jam by legendary 50s Cuban band leader Perez Prado. Davey, the Davester, whatever you call him at this point before he takes on his nom de plume, he started freestyling over this Mambo single, and he and Zippy cut a demo, and Biesenkamp and the record company BMG ran with it. 
To better sell the song, a new outfit was bought for David, and the character of Lubeko was born, soon becoming the vague and just barely not offensive Latino caricature we know and love today. Once Lou became Lou and put on the Panama hat, the song went crazy, hitting number one across the EU and number three on the American Billboard chart, as did its accompanying album, the inevitably titled A Little Bit of Mambo. It was summer 1999, and from Berlin's hottest nightclubs to Pennsylvania's sweatiest Jewish summer camps, the world was a rockin' to the mambo sound. Vega appeared on Leno, Access Hollywood, Ali McBeal, he was nominated for a Grammy. The man was poised to ride the wave of interest in Latin pop that was launching acts like Ricky Martin and Shakira. This was a pop star in the making. And then, nothing. Three more pop albums, each released with less fanfare than the last. A cover album, of course, called A Little Bit of 80s. Some standard behind-the-music-style controversies. A falling out with Biesenkamp. A big payout to the Prado estate for the unlicensed sample, but that's it. Vega never found further chart success. To this day, he just has the one song. But it's one song that has garnered 321 million Spotify plays as of this writing. That's twice as many as Ice Ice Baby. Thrice as many as the Macarena. Thirty times as many as Woomph There It Is. How does this hastily produced German mashup of classic Latin jazz and standard 90s electropop have such staying power? Well, give it a listen. Part 2. The Music Seriously, for the purposes of enjoying this story and for actualizing your own soul, pause this audio and spend the next three and a half minutes doing a deep, full listen to Mambo Number no. 5 on the streaming service of your choice. Or better yet, watch the music video on Lubega Vivo, and don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Get comfy, enjoy the song, I'll be here when you get back. Wasn't that nice? Now, let's get into it. To really get at the music of Lou Bega's Mama Number no. 5, we have to first consider Perez Prado's Mama Number no. 5, and to really understand that, we have to understand, as Lou Bega may or may not, what exactly a mambo is. Mambo is a word that has several definitions, and we will not be discussing voodoo priestesses today, but instead the specific 50s big band Cuban jazz style in which Prado specialized. Prado took the tightly syncopated melodies known as guajeos from more traditional danzón mambos and pretty much threw the rest of the form out. So you're left with a song like Mambo Number no. 5, which is sort of a parade of specific memorable horn riffs like this one. Which you can hear playing under the chorus of the Bega version. Or this one. which you can hear during Bega's freak out dance section. But actually the vast majority of sounds in the 1999 version are original. Both of those horn parts were re-recorded. The main thing the two songs share is their chord progression. It is an elegant, complicated one. Listen to the iconic fuzzy intro riff, the one that sounds like a thousand bees trying to tear at Bega's linen suit. That's F minor, followed by E flat. Then F minor, and another E-flat, and back to what? F minor. This continues for most of the verse. The chorus is where it gets really crazy, when we've got F minor, and then E-flat. And then, okay, I'll speed toward the punchline of this bit, which is that it's really just these two chords the entire song. For the verse, chorus, breakdown, even this other horn riff. Even that iconic horn riff in the chorus is just an arpeggiation, the notes of these two chords played individually. All those notes are in F minor and E flat. Minimal chord use like that is a hallmark of current pop, especially hip hop and EDM, where repetition is key. But it was less common in a number one like this in 1999. It's part of what gives the song that propulsive, numbing extent of catchiness. But here's what helped it climb the charts. That is where the Mambo contribution 
ends. Every other element of the song works to distance the song from cultural specificity and help it become a homogenized mud puddle of pop cliches, and specifically American pop cliches. We're talking record scratches. There's all these really awful record scratches on this song. Copious synths. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit. Missile strike sound effects. But I really don't wanna. The wettest, most dense vocals possible. One, two, three, four, five. By the time you're 60 seconds into the three and a half minute song and you've already basically heard every unique element it has to offer, despite Lou's best efforts and the shiny white sheen of his outfit, it doesn't really sound Latino anymore. The overproduction wipes it clean of the bombast that for Prado constituted a rebel yell, rendering it about as harmless as music gets outside of Baby Mozart. Fit for a Miami club, sure, but also for a DAR potluck. Under the watchful gaze of major record companies like BMG and RCA, mix one part mambo, one part hip-hop, and a dash of rock and roll, and you've got some inoffensive commercial perfection. The American influence is inescapable. And I don't really mean this as a criticism. The precision engineering that makes this song palatable to any listener also means that some kind of code has been cracked for producing an impossibly good time. It's not like it's just doing things other songs have done. There are moments of genuine inspiration that give that ecstatic feeling a proper listen to this song provides. The explosive feeling of a little bit up emerging from nothingness. The sheer danceability of that Prado riff that separates the choruses from the verses. The immortal, almost cloying chorus melody, and the cosmic wonder when, in the breakdown at the two and a half minute mark, Baker arrhythmically screams the word trumpet and summons a blast from the entire horn section, calling into question whether he knows exactly what a trumpet is, or whether he perhaps thinks it pluralizes silently like sheep or moose. The song can't stop jamming. Earlier I mentioned that 50% of the song's chords are minor. For those listeners without music theory experience, minor chord usually means sad time. But with the record scratches and the horns and the synths and the almost visible shit-eating grin with which Lou sings each of those seven women's names, you can go 21 years of listening to the song without even noticing that one of those two chords is minor. Then, when you go to make a podcast on the subject, you spend hours rigging a faulty MIDI keyboard to your MacBook just to hit those two chords and be absolutely sure. I mean, how can this song even have a minor chord when it's so much a party? Bega, Daniels, and Beesenkamp, and whomever else must have realized that they'd hit on a good formula with Mambo No. 5's production, because every other song on A Little Bit of Mambo sounds almost exactly the same as it. That's how he gets songs like I Got a Girl. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I got a girl in Paris, I got a girl in Rome. I even got a girl in the Vatican Dome. I got a girl right here, I got a girl right there. And I got a girlfriend everywhere. There's also Baby Keep Smiling. Baby keeps smiling. You know the sun is shining. And perhaps Baker's second greatest achievement, one plus one equals two. Baby, show me one plus one is two. Show me all the things that you can do. Show me that you need me. Show me that you love me. Baby, show me one plus one is two. Sound familiar? All in all, out of the 13 songs in the 43-minute album, of the 11 that aren't skits. Five have the exact same two-chord and verse-chorus structure as Mambo No. 5, with three also containing the exact same production aesthetic, 1 plus 1 equals 2, of course, taking the cake with the melody, too. It is a monument of consistency. I mentioned earlier that Lou has since had three more albums of original songs. None of them hit like a little bit of Mambo, because they don't sound like Mambo No. 5. And Mambo No. 5 wouldn't sound quite like Mambo No. 5 without its lyrics. These, assuredly composed by Mr. Bega alone, no ifs, ands, or bees in camps. Part 3. The Lyrics. Let's start the discussion with some choice words from the man himself. Bega said in an interview, 
there's two levels, the superficial level that we all enjoy. Then there's a deeper level. When you actually listen to it as a song, the first verse is about repentance, actually. Well, that kind of seems like nonsense, but sure, Lou, let's get into it. Ahem. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Has there ever been a ballsier start to a song? One, two, three, four, five. That is Mambo number. Everybody in the car, so come on, let's ride to the liquor store around the corner. The boys say they want some gin and juice, but I really don't want to beer bust like I had last week. Who's really trying to seem badass here and it's really cute, but somehow it's just hard to believe he's that big a drinker. Most of the time, the biggest temptation is a pizza with buffalo mozzarella on it and, uh, and a glass of cold Coke. The line about the beer bust was notably cut from the version Lou later did for Radio Disney. A little bit of Mindy in my life, a little bit of Mickey by her side. 90s kids, you remember. Now we get into the real meat of the lyrics. I must stay deep because talk is cheap. I like Angela, Pamela, Sandra, and Rita, and as I continue, you know they're getting sweeter. So we've started the naming some women process here. Notably, Angela and Pamela didn't make the chorus. Pour one out for Angela and Pamela, and that's probably Pamela Anderson we're talking about, another thing tying Lou to Borat. So what can I do? I really beg you, my lord. To me, flirting is just like a sport. This is what he was referring to when he was saying the song is about repentance. He's saying this section is about the process of growing up and learning how to do romance and sow your wild oats, which is a nice sentiment, but is simply not anywhere else in the song. And now, rounding the corner, Lou's just so happy to be singing a Mambo song and sings, Anything fly, it's all good, let me dump it, please set in the trumpet. A little bit of and here we are. And just to review, for those in the back, a little bit of Monica in my life, a little bit of Erica by my side, a little bit of Reed is all I need, a little bit of Tina is what I see, a little bit of Sandra in the sun, a little bit of Mary all night long, a little bit of Jessica, here I am, a little bit of you makes me your man. We know it well. So there's a reason that these lyrics are all timers, and it's because Bega is doing something really special here. Remember our earlier discussion of the sexy dance genre that is Mambo, and how this song's production saps it of that to make something palatable for consumers of all ages and hang-ups? Well, the same is happening in the lyrics. Based purely on the general theme, Mambo number 5 should feel overtly sexual. It's very straightforwardly about womanizing, about sleeping with a lot of women. But Baker's dad-like vocal delivery, along with the specific word choices, make it completely innocent. He doesn't say he's coming for Erica, he says she's by his side. He doesn't talk about the things he's going to do to Sandra, he says she's in the sun. It's almost the affect of a 6th grade boy who says he has 8 girlfriends, but upon further pressing thinks that girls pee out of their butts. It's not sexy at all, it's awkward, but in an endearing way. This sterile, PG, sexless sexuality is hard to achieve, but it makes for a chorus that everyone and their mother and their youth pastor can sing along to. It's a tried and true path to a universal pop song. You can find it done tastefully in God Only Knows or I Want You Back. Here, it's not at all tasteful, which makes it that much more memorable. That sexless sexuality is something of Bega's trademark. This is the most famous example, but it's elsewhere on the album, too, on songs like I Got a Girl. I even got a girl in the Baby Keep Smiling. I put on my glasses and tell you how sweet your ass is. Mambo Mambo. And on my journey through all of these dances, I found a lot of hot sex romances. And my personal favorite from the song Ice Cream, which combines Lou's safe Travolta-esque male gaze with the most chaotic possible combination of two 90s references. We're gonna do a thing that's mega. I'm having way more sex than them kitties playing the Sega. Make the Riega, I'm dictating the game, and I don't stop until you scream out my name. Masterful. 
Based on the cool guy persona Bega keeps up in interviews, I don't think this is intentional. I think he thinks he's sexy. But he's not, and he should be thankful for it. Check the music video, too, for the steamiest light chest touching you've ever seen. Ah. Right, back to the rest of the song's lyrics. Following the chorus, after a defiant shout of Mambo number 5 to remind us exactly what we're listening to, we have what should be verse 2, but because it's the 90s, this section completely abandons the form of verse 1 for a line dance, which bests all other line dances by being impossible to follow. Check this out. Jump up and down and move it all around. Shake your head to the sound, put your hand on the ground. Take one step left and one step right. Now, this is all doable so far, if a bit unexciting, but here's the best part. And one to the front, and one to the side. Which side? It is unspecified. As is the rhythm with which you're supposed to clap your hands once, and clap your hands twice, and if it looks like this, then we're doing it right. The music video helps a little, but it's worth noting that Bega and his backup dancer are really unsynchronized, as if they hadn't rehearsed, so we'll never truly know the steps to this dance. Continuing with the lyrics, we've got another chorus, and then the breakdown. The lyrics to the breakdown are as follows. Trumpet? With a question mark. As in... Is there a trumpet? Then, the trumpet! With an exclamation mark. There is, in fact, a trumpet. And lastly, Mambo number 5. Another friendly reminder. I wish all composers would have this practice of saying the title throughout the piece. Imagine if Debussy had had the balls to go... Then, after another chorus, we have Mambo Number no. 5's outro, with the lyrics, I do all to fall in love with a girl like you, cause you can't run and you can't hide, you and me gonna touch the sky. Very endearing lyrics of monogamy. Lennon and McCartney type stuff, irrespective of how the rest of the song is ostensibly about how Lou wants to be having seven to nine different women at any given moment. So let's review this lyrical journey. Verse 1, a fairly straightforward dissertation on the universal desire to party. A chorus that lists seven women's names and nails them to our brains like Martin Luther's 95 Theses. A line dance that may or may not be possible to perform. A sprinkling of lyricless Latin dance passages. And to close, a declaration of monogamy that completely goes against the rest of the song. Altogether, well, there's not much cohesion at all. My friends, that's five songs in one. Five genre traditions scrambled together in a way that none of them can claim ownership. Just like the music. Just like Lou's backstory. That's the American art form, people. Bringing together a wide range of influences, adding them all up together, and creating a beautiful nothing. A lack. An emptiness. Part four. Part the last. The great American pop song. Lou's sheer inauthenticity in his look, words, and beat is what makes the song a success. The most American things are the ones that find the world's great creativity and individuality and make them marketable by making them safe, making them just a little less themselves. This homogenizing process is how we get the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's how we get the YA dystopia genre. It's how we get our Facebook feeds if you want to get political as parallel to the identity stripping process that upholds our racial caste system. Nonetheless, I cannot stress enough, I am not faulting Lou Bega in any way, shape, or form for following this path. I love him. I love this song, this album. He is to be lauded. Here is a man who found the American dream. He got his 15 minutes of fame, and in return he gave the world the most fun pop song ever. It just happens to be the case that, in following the American model, as Lou and his collaborators did quite intentionally and smartly, this all-time great pop song has to be a thing lacking in substance. So why, then, do I say 
Mambo number five, open parentheses, a little bit of, ellipse, close parentheses, is the great American pop song. It's not the only one that has followed the cynical studio repackaging process to produce a memorable danceable hit. Why place Mambo number five on a pedestal above We Built This City, or Rico Suave, or even Hey Soul Sister, I Got a Feeling? Well, the answer has to do with the song's timing. Like I said before, the song was released summer 1999. 1999, the height of the Clinton economic boom, the second 50s, the year when office space and American beauty and fight club The peak of your civilization. 1999, the year of the phantom menace and SpongeBob SquarePants and the year your intrepid reporter was born. So obviously, this song, genetically engineered to be as sunny and optimistic as possible, was the kind of bop that was going to top the charts. The Lewinsky scandal probably helped, too, as a bunch of really bad contemporary parodies made clear. Ladies and gentlemen, where is bimbo number five? We're so sorry, Miss Lewinsky. We cannot wait to watch your FX show. 1999. No wars. A presidential election hinging on issues like specific social security policy. Though there remained our omnipresent marginalization and subjugation as always, for a lot of Americans, Mambo Number no. 5 did capture the national mood of summer 1999. People called the fall of the Berlin Wall a few years previous the end of history, and there was a sense, however misguided, that things were generally chill. You can imagine a parent putting on a little bit of Mickey for their kids in the car and thinking, yes, we've done it. Society's all good. This is where we're at with music. We don't need protest songs. We don't need angst. And then, not to be reductive, but then, Bush v. Gore and 9-11. And everyone who had had themselves fooled that maybe the world didn't suck got shocked back into reality, into fear, into deep, unshakable knowledge that things were bad everywhere. That's the mindset people my age have been used to our entire lives. We've never gone through airport security without taking our shoes off, and we've never let a song as unreservedly giddy and innocent as Mambo No. 5 hit number 1. Think of the songs that have hit that popularity level this century. Hey ya, Gnarls Barkley's crazy. Call me maybe. Wap. They're fun, yeah, but they'll never be as idiot happy smiley as Mambo Number no. 5. And often, they've got a tinge of sadness or self-doubt in the lyrics that, wonderfully, I'm not sure Lou Bega is capable of producing. Maybe that's why he hasn't had another hit. He's not the man for this time. When he achieved what he always wanted and broke big in America, he was a personification of the teetering high point of the American century, a suede shoe-wearing hubristic signpost before everything turned to shit. And that's why Mambo Number no. 5 is the great American pop song. The American dream has always been something that a deserving person can only grasp for a moment at a time. And I think that Lou Bega was the last person to actually do it. So, how's he doing these days? How's he coping with this world, a world too bummed out to make him an international pop star? Because I like to dream. But actually, what I have right now, I mean, like a family, beautiful family, we're all healthy, success is there, I can do my job, people around me are all happy. So that is more than I dreamed of. So just to keep these dreams alive is just enough of a dream. So I'm glad to hear it. Because while I've just spent this entire podcast explaining how the chord progressions of a cheesy late 90s pop song foretell the fall of civilization, I really don't mean to end on a down note. Because there are some good times to be had in the 21st century, and as it happens, this song still slaps. That bombastic production and those exuberant vocals combine for this really fun, danceable song that lights up the room when you put it on the Bluetooth, in a way that less silly songs just don't. Maybe in quarantine we can't quite responsibly party like it's 1999, but this song helps us take a step or two in that direction. 
maybe a few listens to this song and the rest of the A Little Bit of Mambo album can give us the energy to start planning that better world, the world in which Lou seems to already live. For now, for me, listening to this song, to Lou's whole discography, writing this piece and trying to think like this man who clearly just wants to have a good time and give a good time to others, has been an unparalleled coping mechanism throughout the summer and fall of 2020. I'm almost done here, but if you'll humor me, I'd like to fill out the rest of this time with a song I cut earlier in quarantine as my personal tribute to Mr. LaBega. I hope you'll enjoy it, and I hope that you'll also listen to his most recent single, Scatman and Hatman. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. We'll see you on the next What a Stupid Thing to Say. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number six. Quentin, that again. The waiting rounds is 99 to let you all in. To the party happening all the world over. I feel so lucky that I might should hold a clover. Spike Seltz and Sangria can. Crack them right open, get your toes in the sand. With Martina, Irina, Callista, Alexi. I gotta say that everyone is looking mighty sexy. I'll try my hand with every girl in the community. And you can throw the poison, cause I'm equal opportunity. Horns are going to long as we pay tribute to that man, Lou Vega, he's German. A little bit of Nelly in the hood, and slightly more Kelly, she makes good. A tiny piece of Cindy on the lamp, a size glimpse of Mindy for the gram. A bigger chunk of Emily, not denied, serving up Penelope for a ride. Monica's around, and let me tell you this, I could be your man with just one kiss. Oh, ah! Now a dog tree pose, tighten up your pantyhose, let your foot go where it goes, get the feeling in your toes, jump up just once, and then politely stand the direction of your choice, vaguely wave your hand, cha-cha now y'all, and then you're all set, and remind me how to do it, cause I'll probably forget with Nelly in the hood, and slightly more Kelly, she makes good, a tiny piece of Cindy on the lamp, the slightest glimpse of Mindy for the gram, a bigger chunk of Emily, not tonight, a serving up Penelope for a ride, Erica's fine, and let me tell you this, I could be your man with just one kiss, that's right, y'all. Is it the crumpet? No, it's the trumpet. Mambo number six! <laughs> A little bit of Nelly in the hood. Slightly more of Kelly, she makes good. A tiny piece of Cindy on the lamp. The slightest glimpse of Mindy for the gram. A bigger chunk of Emily, not denied. I serve it up Penelope for a ride. Rita's only up and let me tell you this. 
I could be your man with just one kiss. Maybe Summer Jody, she's cool too. Perhaps a bit of Tony, she likes you. Angelina looks quite fine in July. Margaret would share a big pizza pie. Justine, Yasmin, and Violet say hello. I thought that I saw Hannah here, where'd she go? Meredith, Elizabeth, and Caroline. Cynthia and Sherry like expensive wine. Carrie and Bianca are Goldman Sachs. Kayla, Sean, and Jenny manufacture backpacks. Allison and Eleanor shuffleboard. Sammy, Lynn, and Marnie cut the cord. And Terry and Sophia and Tara and Madeline. And Kathy and Haley and Sharon and Alyssa. Bella and Louise, and let me tell you this. That I could be your man with just one kiss. Oh, wow! Ah!